Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome, JC. Welcome, everybody out there in our beautiful, wonderful chat rooms you got any messages over there for you, JC? I got Allentown, Pennsylvania in the house. Raleigh, North Carolina. Raleigh, North Carolina. Excuse me. My Midwest popped out there for a Raleigh. second. Raleigh. Raleigh, North Carolina. Mobile, Alabama. Tampa, Florida even. Raleigh. Raleigh, oh. North Carolina. <laughs> there you go. Feedback. So glad to have you guys here with us. And we have a packed show for you today. This uh, Monday, I can't tell you what has... It was like an avalanche this weekend. You know that principle that when you stuff... When you start stuffing a long pipe full of something, it takes a long time for it to fall out the other end. But then all of a sudden, boom, 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 it starts coming. And that's what it feels like on Monday here today. Uh, I wanted to start off with uh, a shout-out to our friends at the 10th Amendment Center... I want to play you a little uh, piece of a video that they did and show you uh, how other people are out there feeding off of liberty, spreading liberty, and that we can't... You know what, JC, what I want to put out here based on the video that I'm about to show you is that people can play nice together in the same liberty movement, Okay. right? How many times have we traveled around the last 10 years and found out that, guess what, you know, this group doesn't want to be involved in that group, and it's a whole territorial thing. And I, I believe that's biblical, that we are a body, and not everybody can be a hand, not everybody can be a foot. My goodness, in the South, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a church. So why is it that we have to be territorial when there are more people than we can serve as individual groups? I, I don't get that whole territorial mentality that we've had. And, and, J.C., we've just simply never had that mentality. We have worked with people. We have asked people to work with us. We have promoted other people. You know, we've defended our friends in the cause when the haters come at them. So I just I wanted to show you what, what cooperation really, really looks like. So let me put this out for you. Good morning and thank you for joining me on the path to liberty. I'd like to introduce to you my friend Michael Bolden. He is the founder of the 10th Amendment Center. So here we go back on with Michael. This is the Fast Friday edition of the show for May 15th, 2020. Lately on this show, I haven't been sharing a lot of good news. There's a lot of bad stuff happening out there, and I want to make sure I'm doing my best to keep you guys informed and up to date on things that are going on. But I think it's times like this that some of us once in a while really need something more positive and inspirational. I know that I do. And so today I'm going to share with you what I see as five great inspirational quotes 
from four heroes of liberty and the American Revolution. And thanks to some inspiration I got from my friend Chris Ann Hall, we'll call them our founding mothers. How amazing is that? JC, the 10th Amendment Center, doing a crossover, like superhero crossover shows, right? Very cool. You've got the very, very cool, I want to show you. And of course, JC, who do they start off with first? As the conscience of the American oh, Revolution. Her far, name sorry, is guys. grateful for you spending some of your time with me today. But since it's the Fast Friday edition, I promise to not take up too much of your time. Let's see if I can get this done in the next 10 minutes or so. First of all, let's start out with a, a woman known as the conscience of the American Revolution. Her name is Mercy Otis Warren, the younger sister of James Otis Jr. And here's what she had to say. Every domestic enjoyment depends on the unimpaired possession of civil and religious liberty. I think that's an incredibly powerful statement. In essence, she's basically saying we cannot be truly happy without being free. How awesome is that? I, I, I'm such a cornball. I'm over here. got tears welling up in my eyes. You're a cornball. I, I am a cornball. I can't help it. But it's just so I am. I gather so much inspiration from from these women and, and to see the 10th Amendment Center dedicate one of their shows just this past Friday on these women. I mean, they talked about uh, Mary Bartlett. They talked about Penelope Barker, uh, even more about Mercy Otis Warren. You've got um, uh, uh, Abigail Adams there that they're talking about. If you want to see this video, uh, 10th Amendment Center is 10thamendmentcenter.com. All the words, not the number, 10thamendmentcenter.com. And they have a YouTube channel as well. And this is their founding mother's top five quotes from women of the revolution. And I thought that would be a nice way to start off your day because, you know, we, like he said, we, we were bombarded with a bunch of garbage and it's good to see. I think one of the most valuable things that we see JC is that, that people have lived through harder times in tyranny and not only did they survive, they flourished and they didn't give in. Can you imagine how different things would be today if Mercy Otis Warren had said, you know, James, maybe you should just go along with the, you know, with the shutdown and with the searches and seizures because it's only temporary and, and, and we, you know, we won't live like this forever. So, you know, we're, we're good subjects and we should be good subjects. And so let's just go along for now. How do you think, you know, I mean, anybody should stop and think how different life would be if that's the mentality that our founders had. Right. You have been coming up with some really great T-shirts at uh, GodGunsLiberty.com. I want to make sure that we don't forget to show some of those new T-shirts out there. You have a, a new T-shirt out there with Thomas Paine's quote on the back of it, and I love that quote from Thomas Paine. So I want to go on. Uh, like I said, we got a, a, a ramped-up hot show today. Great things happened, JC, uh, first and foremost— the charges against Pastor Rodney Howard Brown uh, for having church, having church <laughs> the criminal charges against Pastor Rodney Howard Brown were for having church. I mean, I, you just have to say that because it's really hard to really 
grasp in your brain, if you don't say that kind of out loud, were actually dropped on Friday. And strangely enough, now those of you who have been longtime listeners of Chris Ann Hall, you know a little bit more about me than those of you who are newcomers. You know that I was a prosecutor for the state of Florida for uh, about a decade. And so I've seen prosecutors drop charges. I've dropped charges. And what was interesting, JC, is that the document that dropped the charges just said we're dropping charges. Yeah, yeah, it didn't say much. It didn't say much at all. But what came out afterwards, out of the state attorney's mouth, after the notice of uh, uh, dropping the prosecution of the charges, is absolutely amazing. I actually wrote an article about it because I was so... Flabbergasted? <sighs> you know, JC, last week, we had so many judicial outrages on the show. Remember, I just had goosebumps because I was just so angry about that. And then to watch the state attorney come out with this kind of statement that it just flipped me over the edge. You know me, JC. Uh, Pastor, we were on Pastor Rodney Bra Howard Brown's show last Wednesday. And it was funny because he called me out, right? He said, Chris Ann is a legalist when it comes to the Constitution. <laughs> She's not going to give you an inch to wiggle or move. Well, I've always been passionate about what I do. I was passionate about being a prosecutor. And I was passionate about being in the military. I'm passionate about the oath that I took. Do you know as a, uh, as, as a prosecutor in the state of Florida and a, a veteran of the U.S. Army, I've actually taken the oath three times. I took an oath in the military. I took an oath when I uh, passed the Florida bar. And I took an oath again when I was sworn in as a prosecutor for the state of Florida. And each time that I took that oath, I swore that I would support and defend the Constitution of the United States. And then the two times in Florida, the Constitution of the state of Florida. So I feel like a prosecutor has a, a higher calling than many other people. I believe in, a, and, and you can, you know, you can hate lawyers all you want, but I, I never wanted to do anything, you know, from, from a physical aspect, from a professional aspect than to be a prosecutor. JC will tell you that. Colton used to say, mommy goes and fights the bad guys, you know? I mean, that's the way I looked at it, <laughs> the prosecutor, the white hat, because I was not a persecutor, I was a prosecutor, and I believed that the prosecutor was not somebody who went out to to attack and condemn and convict at all cost. A prosecutor is actually the first line of defense for every person. We are the defenders of the Constitution because no case sees a courtroom without the prosecutor first giving the yes. So you have to look at these cases critically and say, you know what, I, this is not worthy of ruining someone's life. I would tell people, these are not criminal cases. These are not court numbers. These are not docket numbers. These are not boxes and boxes of files. These are people's lives and you have to take them seriously. So maybe, maybe I hold the state attorneys in the state of Florida too high of a standard. Do you think I do, JC? Uh, no, too high, no. I, I think it's their reasonable it's a reasonable expectation that they keep the oath that they swear to. Well, this prosecutor, so high about that. 
I, I don't know. I don't understand it. But you know how many prosecutors we've come across now across the country uh, where we've heard that they believe that, you know, it's their job to win and it's their job to come against, you know, to convict at all cost? Persecutors instead of prosecutors. And that's what this 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 prosecutor in Hillsborough County, his name is uh what's his name again? Warren. Warren. Andrew Warren. I wanted to say Weber, but not Warren. Hey J C am I seeing some super chats come through? Yeah, there? man. Mr. Uh, Richard Kramer. And big, I saw a roll tide. Uh yeah, Nate's here. Nate's here with his roll tide super chat. <laughs> Thank you, Nate. And Richard Kramer <laughs> dropping us a big Benjamin. Bless you, man. Dead presidents, thank you says, so much. Because you have a moral center. Because I have a moral center. And that's different than having a creamy center. Absolutely. A, a nougat center. Absolutely. <laughs> we are no sunshine patriots here, that's for sure. So I want to share with you, I wrote this article, and the Western Journal picked it up, JC. I wrote this article, State Attorney Admits That Coercion and Intimidation Are His North Star. That's not, that's not even my words. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. Uh, so state attorney Andrew Warren filed criminal charges against Pastor Howard Brown, alleging two misdemeanor violations punishable up by up to a year in the county jail and a $1,000 fine for having church, mind you. And I want to show you what he says, what this state attorney who has at least taken the oath of office twice in his legal career at least okay here's what he has to say uh War howard brown's warren said howard brown's arrest remains an appropriate step taken by law enforcement to immediately correct irresponsible behavior after repeated efforts to gain cooperation in other ways were not successful. Now that's a flat out lie to begin with. Right. Repeated I'm, efforts to gain cooperation. That's that is a lie. False statement. That is a false statement. So I should be careful about saying lie, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, you're, you're right. It, it is a false statement, and I know it's a false statement because I was physically present. Mm -hmm. Right. Physically present. That is a false statement. Mr. Warren was not physically present. I was physically present, so I know that's a false statement. Listen to what he says. In deciding whether to criminally prosecute violations of a stay-at-home order, compliance is our North Star. Each case is unique and each one will be assessed based on the facts and the law. But in general, if a person who was arrested for uh, poses no ongoing threat to public health, then our tendency will be not to prosecute the case beyond arrest. He says... Since the arrest, Howard Brown has maintained responsible social distancing on his church campus while engaging with community leaders in a dialogue about the best path forward for his congregation. This is it. Are you ready? This is the part that flips JC out. Our office has determined that further prosecution or punishment would not provide increased protections for our community and is not needed to achieve any additional change in Pastor Howard Brown's behavior. There you have it. Constitution be damned. State attorney, a constitutionally elected representative of the people, 
Oh, that's three times. Because he had to take the oath, well, to be a prosecutor and then you know, to be elected to office. There, his compliance is not the Constitution of the United States. His, comp he, or I'm sorry, his North Star is not the Constitution of the United States. It is not the Constitution of the state of Florida. It is compliance. And that's why I wrote in my article, uh, when governments can suppress individual speech or conduct through fear, the people will silence themselves out of apprehension of an unchecked force. It's what we call the chilling effect. Mm -hmm. That's actually a doctrine in constitutional law called the chilling effect. State, attorneys war State attorney Warren's policy is the very definition of the chilling effect our judicial system has condemned for over a century. When a prosecutor can bring charges against someone contrary to our rights and then sidestep accountability by later dropping those charges, the process becomes the punishment. Hey, longtime listeners, does that sound familiar to you out there? We have been JC's been saying that for a long time. The process becomes the punishment. Due process is obliterated. This is not the North Star of the American legal system. Our North Star is the belief that people have certain inalienable rights and that the sole purpose of government is to secure those rights. A just government does not use the system as a bludgeon to enforce the whimsical orders of the day. And here's the bottom line. The goal of the prosecutor is to be a defender of the facts, not a plantation foreman whose job is to whip the population into compliance. Which is basically what he said is his North Star. Yes. He basically just used the law and the process to bludgeon someone into submission. So as long as they is as long as they bow in submission, then I don't need to punish them any further. That those are his and, words. And you can and they that's why they don't worry about violating people's civil rights. You know, they'll do whatever, however, doesn't matter, and then you know, after after they've wrung you out, right. then later on, oh the charges were dropped. And then then it's like nobody's interested and right. you can't you can't get anybody to do anything. Well, they drop the charges uh, after they've halfway ruined your life, your reputation. Oh, yeah. Uh, cost you, you know, countless dollars. The public will never I don't believe the public will ever actually be aware of the damages that that have been caused by their actions against Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. Yep. And again, and there are things that I can't tell people publicly that have happened because of this. And again, this is another example of the uh, core of the tyranny is happening and happens at the local and state level. Right. Um, we're, we're completely, the population is completely and utterly fixated with federal triviality trivialities. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not that it's not that it's a, you know, maybe you can argue it has some significance, but the amount of resources and the amount of concern we have for whether or not William Barr is going to, is, is giving mm. the, um, you know, giving agreement to the idea that Obama or Biden was involved in the Russia conspiracy. I'm, I don't want to hear anything about it, he says. 
and we are, and I'm not saying that's not, you know, I mean, it's, there's evidence of corruption, plenty there, but the notion that we are a hundred times more upset about that, uh, than where the tyranny is actually contacting yes. the people on a daily basis. Um, so, so Hank, you can, justice is trivial. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay. Uh, nevertheless, for those who are actually listening, listening <laughs> the fact that comparatively we are more interested in what might or might not be happening to a former president who is no longer in office, while in large part ignoring the stories every, every single, single day, day, every hour of the day where sheriffs, county commissioners, judges, state attorneys, ordinance officers, and all these, these offices in your county, in your city, in your state are the actual people putting the thumbscrews in your neighbors, oh, I don't have time to pay attention to that. There's a story about Trump I have to pay attention to. And that's what's frustrating. And, and that, is, that, these... is, that is why we are where we are, right. where we are, because of those shifted priorities. Because, because the, right. whole, the whole point is this and what people don't get. It's the local and state level that is the shield to the, any federal tyranny that would encroach. But yeah. we pay zero attention to that level right because we want to read something about obama you know on cnn or fox news and that occupies our our whole day and and if we're not you know if somebody's not organizing some stupid rally on the mall in dc then people don't think it's important meanwhile the stuff up there does absolutely nothing Right. And, and that's, that's where we are. That's why we are where we are. Mm -hmm. And a good portion of the so-called liberty movement, conservative movement, still doesn't get it and are still being led around by the nose, by the national media right. that keeps you 100% focused on federal things that are of less significance than daily tyranny. The good news is, as Richard Kramer points out, is that there are been many of us who have been fighting for a long time at the state and local level. I mean, that's yep. why I started off with the Tenth Amendment Center today and, you know, why we, are, we need to talk about the state and local level thing. Things are changing. I think watching the governors turn into monarchs, mm -hmm. watching our sheriffs deny their responsibility to be a check and balance in the system is waking a lot of people up. This is a great awakening for local and state level uh, governance that, that's coming through. I think at this point, JC, we need to talk about our sponsor really quick. And thank you, Reason 1205. You you got it right. Yeah. You can pay attention to both. You can pay attention to both. But, but you guys, you, you guys to that involved. are totally addicted to all you know is what William Barr is doing. You're missing. You're missing the fight. Well, our our sponsor today is the Slanted Book. 
When Simon Tan started an Asian-American dance rock band called The Slants, he didn't realize that he was starting an entire movement around freedom of expression and discussions on identity. The band flipped stereotypes with their bombastic live shows and community activism. But when Simon applied to register a trademark on the band's name, the government dragged him all the way to the Supreme Court of the United States. Slanted is the story of an indomitable spirit who so believes in the idea of justice that he's willing to risk everything along the way for the dignity of self-identity. Simon reveals a deeply personal account that will take you from anime conventions to, Supreme, to the Supreme Court all in the name of justice. The story provides a raw look at our legal system with unflinching honesty and offers timely insights on freedom of speech, how to connect with others we disagree with, and the power of music. Gripping, funny, enlightening, and ultimately uplifting, lifting, slanted proves that no obstacle is too great to conquer, as long as you have a little heart and a lot of rock and roll. It is an irrepressible story that is fresh, alive, and defines what it means to be American. Now, the Slanted book is available wherever books are sold. And if you go to slantedbook.com right now, you can get a free sample. Remember, you can check out the book at slantedbook.com. You know, JC and I watched a video on YouTube about them telling the story. About Actually, it's on their book. site. Yeah. His, oh, it's on their site. Several, they have yeah. several videos on their site. It's pretty cool. It was really stunning to me that the, that the judge, a federal court judge, said to them, you could get a patent on the name Slanted if you were not Asian. Mm-hmm. That it was racially <laughs> charged name because you're Asian, Asian, but if you weren't Asian, then you could get a a a you could patent the name slanted for your group. <laughs> People are crazy. Judges thank, are absolutely crazy. The whole you. legal system is absolutely crazy. Thank you, Karen, for your super chat. Karen War Eagle, thank you out there. Notice he doesn't say the War Eagle part, Karen. Thank you, Karen. <laughs> and uh, Voice in the Dark, Dobre Dien. Kakovuchi Vaitsi. Ah, Dobre Dien. All right, great. So I wanted to tell you, JC, um, for those of you who are longtime listeners, this Shirley Davis, by the way, uh, Chris Ann, and, and a lot of folks in the chat know this. Uh, Chris Ann has written an entire book called Sovereign Duty yes. about local, state, um, constitutional sheriff, mm-hmm. and, and, and the, whole, the whole mindset uh, to get you off of the federal addiction. Not, not that the federal is not important, not that we totally check out. That's not the point. Um, but Sovereign Duty will explain to you why, why your protections, in fact, why the drafters of our founding documents intended that your protections against an overreaching federal government are at the local and state level. And the reason the federal government gets away with much of what it gets away with is because we have neglected uh, those methods that they gave us at the local and state level. Because you talk about, you know, looking around and seeing the governors out of control the sheriffs that are out of control on the flip side of that it's been encouraging in the places where we have seen people that understand in fact people that you've taught sheriffs standing up in the gap and governors standing up those governors those sheriffs 
those state legislators that that understand what we're talking about, right. understand what you wrote in that book. They are the ones standing, and that's where people are protected. You can get Sovereign Duty at Amazon.com. There it is right there. Um, and it is it is the handbook on why our founders and the plan that our founders put forward for our defense of liberty at the state and local level. And it's, it's essential people don't really understand, JC, that, that the state and local government is an essential check and balance yep. on federal power. Hey, Val, thanks for the super chat, Val. Hey, guess what, Val? I fixed JC <laughs> a grilled sandwich today made on someone's homemade sourdough bread. It's very good. Very, very good. So, so you've talked, and we talked many times about, um, you know, the sheriff you're having a constitutional sheriff, having a constitutional uh, being really sheriff. at the top of the list. Then you have, you know, your city council, your county commission, uh, and then of course the state legislature, the governor, in those areas. Uh, we, you know, we always recommend starting lo local, local, first local, your city, your yeah. county, your school board, your sheriff, sheriff because number one. Because that's where you make changes quickly. You yeah. can't make changes quickly in the federal government. You don't have the same kind of power in the federal government. Your representative, at best, represents 30,000 people, most likely represents 100,000 people or more. And so you, one guy representing 100,000 people or one gal representing 100,000 people, that's not power. Power is at the county level. Power is at the state level. Yeah. And that's where you see this difference. And you have sheriff, just like Janet, says, you know, you've had sheriffs, county commissioners, and, you know, local government declare, Absolutely. hey, this county is a Second Amendment sanctuary. Feds are not coming in here, confiscating guns, that sort of thing. And then, of course, you want to know you got the people who say that, that they're willing to put their money where their mouth is. Right. Um, you know, but th but that's how that works. Right. Uh, that That's how the lo local government and state uh, is supposed to function. That's what the founders showed us, taught so us. Our emergency policy group in Hillsborough County, Florida, meets every single week still. Even though they don't have, uh, we don't have a safer at home order at the county level, they still meet every single week. They were, up until today, JC, meeting twice a week. Like, we needed to see their face twice a week. Now, I diligently watched the meetings twice a week, even though I didn't want to, but that's my job as an engaged citizen, to govern over those who have power over me. And right? by the way, we have a whole team. We have a that, whole team. That watches, a whole monitors, team. analyzes, digests. These, yeah. these are things that you can do mm -hmm. in your county and, and have have a team that monitors these things. You'll find out that when the county has these meetings that it's not it, it's it's a lot easier than you think to develop a team of people who want to be involved. You just have to show them how to get involved. And I'm going to so, have my friend Bernie Thompson on here. We're going to do an interview yeah. very soon. Well, that's why and I wasn't talking. He's going to tell you you're going to hear how how this works practically. So, so JC, I woke up this morning with with the Lord pressing upon me a thought, one name, Bernie Thompson. Mm -hmm. And so God delivered to me a, a message. He said, a, a path to go forward. And the thought is, if, if our emergency planning group, they, they do all, they spend an hour and a half bringing all of this, this statistical data on the COVID virus and, and testing and all this stuff, completely useless information, obviously cherry picked. They don't, they don't offer 
a rounded medical opinion, right? So if you are under the medical opinion that masks are more dangerous than they are helpful, that vaccinations won't keep us safe, if you are under the medical opinion that that social distancing is actually detrimental to our health, uh, then you don't get any say mm -hmm. with our emergency totally planning group. It's total. I nicknamed, uh, EPG is what they call themselves, and I nicknamed our group the Emergency Propaganda Group. And the thought that came to me this morning as I woke up, if they can meet twice a week for an hour and do nothing but deliver propaganda, then I, because every, every meeting they have a, a public comment section, they give every, people two minutes to sign up. And the thought that came to me is every time they have a meeting now, I'm going to sign up for public comment and I'm going to give a two-minute Constitution class every single week until they stop having meetings. Now, I wonder, because this is now the second week in a row, uh, the second meeting in a row that I've done that. They, we, when last Thursday when they had their meeting, I talked about the unconstitutionality. I even gave them case law of contact tracing. And then the, the chairman of the board is like, okay, next color. And so now you can hear them deflate. Even though it's a Zoom meeting, you can watch them and you can hear them deflate when the chairman has to say my name out loud. Okay, Chris Ann Hall, what, what is your statement, right? Yeah, what do you want this time? What do you want this time? So they're going to get so tired of hearing from me, they're going to want to cancel these meetings. And they actually canceled half of their meetings today. So I'm, I'm just going to take credit for that because I can't. By the way, which is the, and I'm going to try to have this, I'm going to try to have the interview for tomorrow. Of but, Bernie? But it's, a, that's, that's the way Burnley yep. literally made them quit. Yes. He made, he made an elected official quit. quit. And this is the kind of power that you have. I want to read to you because it, it takes less than two minutes. I write this out. I time it. I like have this little timer because I'm going to know I'm going to fit it in. I'm not going to give them any pleasure of saying, Chrisanne, your time is up. All right. So. All right. So I said. The Florida Constitution states in Article 2, Section 3, the powers of the state government shall be divided into legislative, executive, and judicial branches. No person belonging to one branch shall exercise any power appertaining to either of the other branches unless expressly provided herein. Article 3, Section 1 says the legislative power of the state shall be vested in the legislature of the state of Florida. There is no provision expressly provided in the Con Florida Constitution to allow any other branch of the government in Florida to write laws. An order that has the same legal force and effect of a law, an order that can seize, people, can seize property, punish people with fines in jail, or force compel innocent, healthy people to be confined to their homes is simply a law unconstitutionally made as contrary to the Constitution of the state of Florida. It is simply legislation without representation. Article 11 expressly lists the ways the Florida Constitution can be amended. Emergency circumstances is not on that list. Pandemic is not on that list. And mere legislation is not on that list. It is constitutionally impermissible for the legislature to authorize the governor or administrative agents or committees or groups to unilaterally compel 21.5 million people of Florida to stay out of public areas, close their businesses, and face imprisonment if they do not comply. 
The people of the state of Florida must become better educated on the Florida Constitution and the proper limits of their government. And those in Florida government who took an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States and the state of Florida must be more dedicated to the promise they've made to the people. Thank you, Miss Hall. And that's exactly how that went. <laughs> that's exactly how that went. So, uh, seriously, we have to get more involved in this. And we've got to stop hearing the narrative and the rhetoric. Do you know I got bombarded with this video, JC, of Alan Dershowitz. Mm -hmm. And Alan Dershowitz uh, is an attorney. And some of the conservatives like Alan Dershowitz. Yep. But Alan Dershowitz is only as good as his indoctrination as his knowledge beyond his indoctrination will allow him to go. And this is why I've been telling people time and time again, lawyers don't learn the Constitution in law school. And some of the most guilty are those who hold themselves up to be constitutional lawyers because they don't study the Constitution, they study constitutional law. So I want you to hear what Alan Dershowitz says in just this few seconds. Authorized to make the law. Uh, they're authorized to enforce the law. So you'd have to look to see if there were legislative authority allowing the governor to close the park. If there is, then it would be legitimate. Uh, let me put it very clearly. You have no constitutional right to endanger the public and spread a disease, even if you disagree you have no right not to be vaccinated. You have no right not to wear a mask. You have no right to open up your business. Wait, if can I stop you? Did, yeah. No. So you heard that, right? This conservative constitutional attorney says you have no right to open your business when the governor says it's closed. You have no right to not wear a mask. You have no right to go out in public and, and infect other people. You have no constitutional right, he says. I just, I, I cannot wrap my brain around this finite understanding in people's minds and and how do you, how do how do we even explain to people who will look at Dershowitz and say, "Oh, well, he's a lawyer. He must know what he's talking about." How do we how do you explain to people number 1 that your rights are not relegated to a list? I mean, seriously, that's the whole point of the Ninth Amendment, and the state constitutions have provisions in them, like the Ninth Amendment, that the enumeration of the constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. And this, this right in the negative form, right? You don't have a constitutional right to leave your house. What the heck is that? I need to have a, 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 an amendment in my constitution to tell me that I have a right to leave my house? I mean, that's the whole purpose of the due process. As if constitutional rights, here's, here's, oh, this is it, JC, this is absolutely it. As if constitutional rights are established to limit the behavior of the people. If you don't have a constitutional right, then you cannot do it. Well, that's the... That's the essence of 
federal supremacy mindset, what we call federal supremacists, right? And right. Which is, that's what law schools do to the brains of, of, right. of law students who become lawyers. Uh, they, they turn them into federal supremacists and federal supremacists follow that thought process. So they start from the premise that the Constitution is a list of your rights. Right. And if it's not on the Constitution, you, if it's not in there, you don't have that right. Right. That's federal supremacy. Right. Now, that, that mindset already assumes, right, it, it already implies you're a slave right. belonging to the government, right? Because it's, it's what their idea is, the government through the Constitution, even though the government is not the author of that, but the government, the government through is the, the Constitution. The product of the Constitution. Right. Right. Of course. But their mindset is the government through the Constitution tells you what you can and can't do. Right. And the idea is. Which is that not what the Constitution if is. If the Constitution doesn't enumerate something as your right, then the government has the power over it. Correct. So it's not about specifically enumerating the numbers of, of, of the specific power that a government has. It's the ideology. Barack Obama said this. It's the ideology that that if the government isn't told they can't do it, how does that even make sense? If the government isn't told they can't do it, then they can. But if you aren't told you can do it, then you can't. Yeah. That is totally, that is, that is, that is oligarchy line of thinking. That is, that is monarchy. That is kingdom style line of thinking where everything that we possess comes from government instead of all civil power being derived from the people. There, there is something, there is something going on in the, in the educational process that also destroys their reasoning. I mean, he, he made a false equivalency. Thank you. He said, you don't have the right to go out and, and you know, infect people. Okay, well, that's, that's true. If you went out and purposely infected right. someone, then you would be violating someone else's liberty. Okay. Right. But then he equates that with being vaccinated. Right. So, or being stayed, being ordered to stay at home. Right. So, but that's kind of his premise. You don't have the right to infect somebody. So therefore, you have to be vaccinated. You have to wear a mask. You have to do all these things. That's been kind of part of our argument in the midst right. of this. I'm not infecting anyone. I'm not sick. So you don't have evidence that I committed a crime. You can't jail me, detain me. Well, here's, yeah, here's the thing. And this is what, what really irritates me about people making statements like Dershowitz just made. The supposition is then that the government has the authority to do all of this without due process. Right. He completely jumps over and ignores. I mean, he has to act like that does not even exist in our system, a right to due process, when he says, you don't have a right to infect others. Okay, I don't have a right to infect others, but the government doesn't have the authority to to pin me down, to violate the integrity, the security of my body with a vaccination, to violate my liberty of movement outside my home, to take my business from me 
without due process. And his whole supposition is built around this, this supremacist, this, it, it has, it's not even federal supremacy anymore, JC. It's simply government supremacy. This yeah. ideology that government has a supremacy over the people that completely eliminates due process. And free will. And free will. You're a slave. You yeah, must his, his seek premise permission. Is, his premise is you're a slave. And you would, when you, when you hear the false equivalencies that they make, you, you want to assume, it would be natural to assume, he's being deceptive. He's lying. Because mm-hmm. you, you think, okay, this guy's educated. He's not a stupid guy. How could, you know, you, you can't possibly be ignorant enough to follow assume this follows and say that. So he's being deceptive, he's lying. I, I don't think he is. I really think the brainwashing yes. that goes on in the educational system and, and you know even to kind of exponentially in law schools, it, it literally distorts, it just destroys their thinking problem. Their, their thinking process is shaped. They're turned into a slave yes. and a useful idiot for the system. So, so he, he literally, doesn't even know that what he says doesn't make sense. He doesn't recognize their logical fallacies in what he's stating. Right. So he's not intentionally deceptive. I mean, there are things we know Alan Dershowitz lies about, but this is uh, characteristic of these federal supremacists. Right. They, they actually believe what they're saying. They really just think sent me this solar that it makes sense. Pack. Right. And it doesn't. I mean, you can directly point out the fallacies of logic that run through his reasoning. Like, this doesn't follow from your premise, Mr. Dershowitz. Right. And that's the very, very sad thing. The very, very sad thing. It's an indication of, like you said, they don't teach the Constitution. They teach constitutional law. And that's just a piece of the overall brainwashing. It is a system of brainwashing to make these attorneys obedient to the system and little foot soldiers to defend the system, even though it defies logic. Because they couldn't just, they can't, the, 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 the mind controllers right. can't just come out and be up front. Right. They can't be honest. Look, we think you're slaves. This right. is what we want to do. And we Unless believe- Unless you're Cass Sunstein and you write a book right. called Nudge, which you just declare yeah. yourself to be we, a neo We tell you so what to do and you do it. You do it. Because you belong to us. They, they don't want to, say that openly so they have to make some kind of narrative up and then when you analyze the narrative it doesn't make sense it doesn't follow sound reasoning but yet these people who have been programmed they're like automatons right they don't get it hey nate bama thank you for your super chat said would it do any good to sue the government for each and every single unconstitutional entity and law you know what nate uh, I'm not a litigious attorney. I guess that makes me another one of those attorneys that's an oddball because I only understand the Constitution. I, I'm not a litigious attorney. Maybe it's because I don't have a whole lot of faith in the judicial system anymore. But I, my, my, what I believe works better is peaceful noncompliance. And please, again, I'll, I'll give you this PSA. Do not call it civil disobedience. You are not being disobedient when you go to stinking work. 
You are not being disobedient when you're engaging in the activity of the maintenance of your property for the support and defense of the lives of you and your family. That is not disobedience, people. What we're doing is engaging in peaceful non-compliance to orders and laws that are disobedient to the rights of the people in the Constitution of the state. So please, please help me sow that into the psyche of the American people. This is not the, civil disobedience. This is this is peaceful noncompliance because the government is being disobedient. And you've explained uh, one of the challenges with the suits in suing. Yes. Um, is you ha you're having to enter into their domain. Yeah, and it takes right? so So long. it's like they, they own and control the court, so it's a big challenge. So even when, you know, you have the argument, people that's, that uh, specialize and focus in the field of, of the liens and, right. you know, coming against admiralty law and all that stuff, e even if you have all of those, even if you have all those principles and those techniques or whatever, you're still inside their courtroom Yep. Having to do it, saying, I don't recognize your authority. And then you have this, you get a judge like it's the judge in Kansas, challenge. in the federal court in Kansas, so the Constitution means what I say it means. Thank you, Dragon's Talon 1001. Hey, Dershowitz, you ever heard of life, liberty, and property from his speech? The answer is no. And Nate, ba uh, Nate Bama says they think they're gods. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the bottom line. It is absolutely true. Now, the good news so, is... So, yeah, suits suits are an option. Lawsuit is an option. It's an option. You can sue every time. But you, you got to have the right perspective, okay? If you're going to sue, okay, I'm going to tell you, don't just sue. Do what the business owners are doing. You open and sue, okay? So you open your business and then you file a lawsuit at the same time. So that you're engaging in the peaceful noncompliance and then you're also filing for injunctions. Because the good news is, is that there are some judges out there, JC, who are actually willing to uphold their oath and stand for the rights of the people. Even in the places where you would not find typically, uh, you know, the, the same kind of people. Yep. You have here in Oregon... And you can't see the name of this newspaper, but it's Willamette. It's Willamette. With, you, you know Willamette. That's yep. the, lawyer, the law professor that came out and attacked me from Willamette University. Yep. So judge invalidates Oregon governor's stay-at-home orders, right? So here you have a judge who agrees with the business owner that says a governor may issue guidelines and she may encourage Oregonians to be safe, but she may not close down churches and businesses under the pain of criminal misdemeanor charges. Here we have another federal judge. This federal judge uh, says there, are, there is no pandemic exception in the Constitution. U.S. District Court Judge James Dever uh, actually comes out and says unequivocally there's no pandemic exemption to the Constitution of the United States or the free exercise clause of the First Amendment. I mean, we have people out there who are understanding that. Another judge, here's another judge. This is um, 
The con- it is constitutionally impermissible for the legislature to authorize the head of an administrative agency to compel unilateral or to unilaterally compel 5.8 million citizens of Wisconsin to stay home, close their businesses, and face imprisonment if they do not comply. And this is why we need our sheriffs to understand how this works. This is why we need our sheriffs to understand as an oath taker, uh, you must be an oath keeper, which means you have an obligation to make this judgment. Mm-hmm. You have an obligation to say this stuff is not lawful. This is unconstitutional. And I, and I would say awesome for those judges, yes. right? Standing up for their oath. But buried in mind that the process is the punishment. Right. If a sheriff stands and says what these judges say before the judge has to say yes. it. You save your people from having to be dragged through this process. That's the whole point, that the sheriffs stand in the gap. And I don't, go, I don't have to go roll the dice in the courtroom, spend thousands of dollars, have stress and you know, have my family disrupted, all this sort of thing. Stand up right when it happens. Protect your people. I want to I make an argument just based on the numbers here. Gavin Newsom gave a press conference in April of 2020, okay? So, uh, California California is a population of 40 million people and has 150 to 171 confirmed deaths to date. How can 40 million people allow one tyrant in a tower to have this kind of power? Just by the, the basis of numbers, JC... Just by the application of numbers, just by the the understanding that you're 40 million people and Gavin Newsom is one person. Mm-hmm. How do you let that go? I love this this little part here, JC, where it says uh, 150 to two, 171 confirmed deaths. They have a plus or minus error ratio of 21. In statistics, if you have a plus or minus of 21 (laughs) and your high number is 171, your statistics are completely and totally suspect. You can't even publish that stuff in a credible journal. (laughs) I'm just saying. Well, look, guys, I want to thank you for joining us here today. It's been great having you with us at the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Remember, we come live to you here on YouTube Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I want to say thank you to all of our Super Chats. Nate Bama, he's been like, Nate Bama's been been generous today. He says, oh, how it works. But I guess what I'm saying is, could we sue the government for unconstitutionality of, let's say, the CIA to get them to get rid of it. <laughs> now you're be jumping down that dot. That, aim that, high, Air Force. No, no, no. Aim high, aim high. Donovan Jewett says, I'm late and missed a bunch. Here's my penance. Thank <laughs> you for your super chat, Donovan. Guess what, Donovan? You haven't missed anything because it still will be on YouTube as long as we are up and live on YouTube. You can catch it on Facebook. Uh, we're live on Twitter. We're live on Instagram. And we are live on Also, we are also going to be on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Music Play, iTunes, where most of our podcast listeners go. We have great t-shirts at guns, God, uh, liberty.com. JC's got a brand, some brand new t-shirts there. So make sure you go to the website, God, liberty.com and check it out. 
Don't forget to get your superior constitutional training at libertyfirstuniversity.com. Hey, can I make a special announcement real quick before we go, JC? Yeah. If you have a group and you want your group to join libertyfirstuniversity.com, contact me and JC. We have a great group plan, don't we, JC? A we great do. group plan that will get you what, like 60% off, 60% off the membership rate uh, for being a member of the group. And yep. so contact us and we will get you go. Why? Because it's, an, it's, it's about making sure that people know the truth. You can also support us at, uh, by texting IMPACT2020, IMPACT2020 to 3377, IMPACT2020, one whole word, no spaces, to 33777. So thank you so much for joining us. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.